Uber has changed the way people get from point A to point B. Gone are the days where hailing a yellow taxi is your only option. Open up the app, submit a trip request, and boom, a driver is coming your way. I'm sure most of you have heard of Uber, but can you name the founder? Before drafting this introduction, I had no idea that the founder of this $40 billion company was Travis Kalanick. A little more than 10 years ago, a man had an idea to start a graphic novel imprint at a major publishing company. That imprint, Graphics, has changed the way we look at graphic novels, much like Uber has changed the way we look at transportation. Graphic has published the bestsellers Bone, Smile, and Amulet. If you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance you've heard of it. But I'm guessing that most of you don't know the story behind the man that changed the world with the creation of graphics. That man, David Saylor. I'm Colby Sharp, and you're listening to The Yarn. This season, we're looking at one book, Sunny Side Up, from all angles. Because while two names appear on the cover, there are a lot of people who made it a reality. Here's Sunny Side Up author Jennifer Holm talking about working with graphics founder David Saylor. I've been a big admirer of David Saylor for years. He, um, you know, I remember I was actually kind of tootling around the Scholastic office a decade ago um, when there was talk of them starting this new imprint of, of comics called Graphics. And I remembered thinking, really? Somebody's going to take a chance on comics in as an imprint? And it seemed so crazy and fabulous and revolutionary to me. And to find myself working at that imprint all these years later is is amazing. And I love especially how he's, you know, kind of curated people who really speak to a a really solidly middle grade audience. Of course, the books that Graphics puts out, you know, they go they go higher and lower, but they are they are unabashedly for kids. And I think that is so amazing and that I love that that's where their heart is. It's with the kids. And because that's where my heart is with before Travis and I flew home from New York City, we knew that we had to talk with Mr. Saylor. David is vice president and creative director of the Book Trade Group and editorial director for the Graphics Imprint. We kicked things off by asking him what in the world those job titles meant. Creative director is just sort of a, a slightly fancier term for art director, but um, what it means is that I'm responsible, in this case, for the uh, design and art direction of um, the zero to six-year-olds, basically. So the picture books, uh, novelty books of all kinds, and heavily illustrated novels and things like that. Um, And in addition, I'm also sort of like the art director and editorial director for the graphics imprint. So how the books look, how they come out, um, what artists we hire, um, the design of the books. You know, I work with a whole team of people, but um, that's sort of what I do. I also design and art direct a selection of my own books, uh, picture books and things like that. I was born in uh, upstate New York, way, way, way upstate New York, near the Canadian border. Um, and uh, my dad was a professor, a musician, and my mom was a, a part-time uh, substitute teacher and stuff like that. So um, I came from sort of a, a family that believed in books and in, and in reading and in writing and in art and 
that was always sort of part of my life. And so um, after I graduated college and it with a history degree, I sort of thought, well, what am I going to do with that? I don't want to be a history professor. So I came to New York and um, I thought, well, I love books, so I'm going to go into publishing. And so I sort of slowly made my, made my way into the publishing world, first through a job working for a typesetting company, where at the time all the type was set by hand uh, in photo lettering, which was at the time that's what everyone was doing. And so I learned about typefaces and fell in love with typefaces and design sort of through that. And then um, after getting a job in publishing and working in the manufacturing end of things, which is about the nuts and bolts of making books, the costs and the scheduling and the shipping and that sort of stuff, I um, <clears throat> switched careers and, and went into design because that's really what I wanted to do. And so I went back to school at Parsons at night and uh, took sort of a step back in my career and became a, an assistant to the art director at HarperCollins. And um, that's sort of how I eventually made my way to Scholastic. I think because my parents were big readers, <clears throat> so we always had books around. And we traveled a lot when I was a kid. Um, and I actually was first introduced to comics because my dad um, got a grant to study classical South Indian music. And he took all of us to Madras, which is now called Chennai in, in South India. And we went with him there for a year, and that's sort of when I discovered comics for the first time. But there was always art books and music in our lives, and um, I guess it was always a very creative you know, atmosphere that, that was really enriching. I was introduced sort of to comics when I was in India because I was alone a lot. Um, my family was busy and doing a lot of different things. My dad was working, and... That's sort of when I went, I would go out to this one particular store called Spencer's, and they had comics from the U.S. that they were selling and from Britain, but um, they were selling a lot of comics like Richie Rich and Little Lotta and um, very funny character-based stories, and also Disney adventures like the longer Disney adventures uh, like Scrooge and Huey, Dewey, and Louie and Donald Duck, and, and those sort of comics, I really fell in love with them, and they were kind of like my... Um, I don't know, I guess they were keeping me in touch with the U.S., which I was kind of homesick for a little bit. And um, I just realized that at that age that I really loved comics, and it started sort of this love of comics, but particularly character-driven and humorous comics, not so much the superhero sort of comics. Um, so later on, as I was working in publishing uh, in children's books, it just sort of occurred to me that... Um, as a great big children's publisher, we should be publishing comics for kids too. It, it just, of course, made natural sense, but no one was really doing it. Um, There's sort of a split between traditional publishing for kids and comics publishing for kids. And I thought, well, as a children's publisher, we should be doing comics for kids, and why can't we do that? And we should be doing graphic novels for kids. And so um, back in the early 2000s, I came up with a proposal to start the graphics imprint. I came up with this sort of a business plan and an idea of the kind of, of the first few books that we might publish, um, thinking about some of the artists that I work with and who might be able to work with us to create this imprint. And I talked with a bunch of people. I, would, I had a really supportive uh, boss and publisher at the time who sort of gave us the go-ahead to make it happen. Um, so once I sort of worked out a lot of those details, that sort of formed the basis of the, of the graphics imprint.
I had a very supportive boss named Jean Fywell, and she was um, she basically just said, "Yeah, yeah, do it. Come up with a name." So I came up with the name Graphics. Have it, you know, trademarked. We have it trademarked. You know, <laughs> just we just kind of had this. You know, she was a she was a great person to just say yes. You know, I, I sense your enthusiasm. You should just do it. And so um, that gave me the the I guess the power and support to just sort of go ahead with it and make it happen. And then. Um, you know, yeah, everyone in Scholastic was incredibly supportive, I have to say. It's been an amazing 10-year run now, so it's been incredible. It's actually exceeded my expectations for what it could be and what it is. Um, you know, I had a lot of high hopes, and I thought it was going to work. I hoped it would work, but it was tentative. I wasn't sure. I didn't know, and no one in the market knew at that time that comics for kids published by a mainstream publisher, a large children's publisher, were going to work in the marketplace, or that there was even a market for comics at that time. Um, so yeah, it's, I feel like it's just, it feels great to be at this place where, you know, we've had a lot of bestsellers and we've reached a lot of kids and we get so much feedback that, you know, like it's sometimes it's the first book that kids have picked up and, you know, read obsessively. Um, I've had an experience with my own niece who was reading Raina Talgemeier like obsessively, you know, from the Babysitter's Club versions that she did to Smile to Sister. So um, it's affected me personally. But um, yeah, it's a great, it's a great feeling. When people see the graphics logo, what do you I hope that they feel that the book they're going to read is something that is made just for them and that is going to give them this great sense of character, adventure, and story so that they'll feel completely um, pulled into and absorbed in this, in this world that the author and artist have created um, and so that it feels like they're just on a great ride for, that, for the time that they're spending with that book and that it sparks this you know, a uh, sense of imagination and wonder of them as they're reading. Graphic novels are taking over. Taking over our classrooms, taking over our libraries, taking over bedtime reading at home. We had to ask David, what is it about graphic novels that kids love so very much? I think it's that it's just a, it's an incredibly powerful way to tell a story, um, and it hasn't been done so much for kids. So I think Raina certainly has broken new ground, and now Jenny and Matt home with with Sunny Side Up. I think it's um, a way of telling a story that's really powerful and personal. And when it's sort of when you're a kid, you want to read sort of about what other kids your age are thinking and feeling and doing, and even if they're slightly older, you kind of want to get that sense of, you know, well, this is what it's like. And you're, I'm getting a little bit of a secret about what life is like. Um, and so, you know, I just think it's it can be incredibly empowering and absorbing and um, fun to be in that world and to experience someone else's life, but also something that resonates with your own life. And something like smile which you know dental trouble is something that a lot of kids go through so i think it really hit a chord because it's something that boys and girls both go through uh there's that self-consciousness that comes along with it and um you know seeing how another kid in this case Raina, dealt with all of that stuff 
helps you feel sort of like you're not alone, you feel a little empowered, and you feel like you've gotten a little bit of a clue about what life is like. And I think that's, that's partly why it's so powerful for kids and why it's so appealing. Sunny Side Up deals with substance abuse. We asked David Saylor to talk about why he thinks it's important to publish a book like this. Um, it's something that happens to a lot of people in today's world. It's not an isolated experience. And so um, seeing how Sunny deals with it, you know, is a really important thing for kids to, to read about and to know about. Um, and it's, it's sort of something that, that, you know, could happen in all of our lives. Someone may have a parent who's drinking or, you know, a sibling who's a little out of control or, you know, whatever it is, there's some sort of problem in their lives. And it's hard to, it's hard growing up. It's hard to understand. And so Jenny and Matt showing us what it's like and giving us a clue and sort of how she dealt with it um, and maybe giving kids the tools to deal with it in their own lives, I think is a really important story to be told. I hope for um, more and interesting and more diverse and more wonderful bookmaking. You know, I'd like to can keep doing what we're doing and just do it even more and even better. You know, maybe increase the size of the list a little bit, but um, keep the quality and keep sort of like um, some great books coming along in the next 10 years. That's what I hope for. How do you feel the world? It's much more acceptable and much more mainstream than it was certainly 10 years ago, which has been an incredible thing. And I've said this before, and other people have too, but I feel like we're in sort of a golden age or another golden age of, of both comics for kids but graphic novels for everybody. It feels like there's an incredible amount of talent and uh, brilliance uh, right now in, this, in the comics world. And... The children's book is sort of one piece of it, but there is an amazing quantity of really wonderful kids' comics out there, and um, I'm just really glad that we're a part of it. We talked to Raina about the graphic novels craze. We talked to David Levithan about being an editor. We talked to Phil Falco about the importance of covers. We finished our trip to New York talking with David Saylor about the graphics imprint. Now all we had left to do was get on a plane and head home. Our trip to New York would be complete. Unfortunately, things didn't work out quite like we had planned. The following clip is Travis talking in a car 20 hours later. When we went to the airport to get our flight home, the flight was canceled. And they told us that the earliest available flight was like three days later, which I've never heard of in my life. But people don't like to hear about airport problems. Um, so what we did was we rented a car and we drove home to Michigan from New York City. We made a home. We unpacked. We relaxed. And a couple weeks later, Travis would fly to San Francisco for the American Library Association's annual conference. While in San Francisco, he sat down with Sunnyside Up colorist, Lark P.N. You know, I, I liked comics kind of growing up, but not a lot of people I knew liked comics. It was just something that I would do when I 
what I go to read when I went to my cousin's house. If you have any questions, thoughts, ideas for a show, contact us on Twitter at the yarn podcast or shoot us an email, the yarn podcast at gmail.com.